Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I am your host, Brian Montes, founder of Scalosity Works and of the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching community. Now in the Entrepreneur to Employer coaching community, I have the opportunity to guide founders and entrepreneurs and business owners on hiring employee number one and beyond to help give them the leadership skills necessary to create an employee experience that's gonna deliver a competitive edge for your business and to help you build a seven to eight figure business that is no longer a job, but a business that provides the financial freedom that you always wanted out of your business. Now, I know your time is valuable and I do appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Every time you tune in to the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast, you can expect to learn actionable insights to help you build a business that is worthy of a Best Places to Work award and how to reduce business risk with proactive HR strategies that do have real world applications. So as you go through the Entrepreneur to Employer journey, I will work to sharpen your skills on how to recruit, hire, and onboard the best people for your company, how to design training systems that work, how to establish proactive HR systems that will actually lower your business risk, how to improve employee performance, how to lead your team through both good times and bad, how to tie your people operations into your financial milestones, and much, much more. So if you're ready to build a team, 10Xers that can power your business to new heights, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast. I am your host, Brian Montez, founder of Scalosity Work and the Entrepreneur to Employer community. So this week, I'm going to give you a story from uh, some real, a real experience that I had working with a client this week. And the reason why I want to share this story is because sometimes when it comes to managing employee expectations and managing underperformance, sometimes we overlook very simple solutions and we overcomplicate the process and we end up alienating the employee. So this week I had a client approach me and say, hey, got a problem with one of my team members and she is perpetually late to work and she has a lot of absences. She's got excessive absences. I said, okay, what would you like me to do? He goes, well, I'd like you to chat with her and we got to find out what's going on. We got to put her on notice and she needs to be on a performance plan and she needs to get to work on time and she needs to eliminate the excessive absences. And so I asked, I said, okay, well, have you had any conversations with her? And he hadn't. So that's a separate conversation for a separate day, because at the end of the day, if you are running a business, you do need to have these conversations with your employees when things aren't going right. But in this case, because the business is a turnaround mode and he's a new CEO, uh, I felt that it was appropriate for me to have that conversation with the employee. So I'm going to walk you through the conversation and I'm going to walk you through the steps that I took so that I was able to actually come up with a really good simple resolution. So first and foremost, always check your data. When you feel that there is an underperforming employee, an underperforming situation, you always want to work first and foremost to make sure that you are working from a position of facts. If you come at it from a position of emotion of, I feel you're doing this, I think you're doing this, it's not going to work because it puts you in a gray area, right? You need to be looking at performance, especially if it's hard skills, right? You need to look at performance and you need to tie it back to some type of fact-based, something measurable, something that is data-driven. So the first thing I did was I had payroll reports pulled. I wanted to see how many absences did she have this year. And then I had her timesheets pulled. I wanted to see how late was she arriving to work. Her scheduled shift is 8 a.m. How often is she getting to work after 8 a.m.? And how often is this happening? So those are the first two data points that I pulled because I needed to be able to justify the statements that were going to be made to her. Because if that's not what's happening, 
and the business owner was just unhappy with this person for other reasons and decided that was, he was going to try and use this as a reason to get her onto some type of PIP or fired, right? You don't have alignment there. So it's important that we validate the facts that we're going to utilize to discuss the underperformance. So I reviewed the timesheets and yes, indeed, 99% of the time she was getting to work well past eight o'clock. So that was an issue. The second issue was the excessive absences. We went through the time and attendance records for the year and she absolutely had a high amount of absences. And that certainly makes it hard on her manager because he then has to scramble to backfill her shift. So after reviewing the facts, I did determine that the concerns were legitimate. So that was the first thing I did. So second thing I did was schedule an appointment with the employee and we sat down. And I laid out the reason for the conversation, very direct, and explained to her, the reason we are sitting down is because there are some concerns about your ability to get to work on time and your ability to show up to work consistently. I said, there are two issues that are going on that we need to discuss. That is the reason we are getting together today. The next part, I told her, I said, as soon as we go through the facts of the situation, We are going to discuss what's going on in your world, what do you think is causing this, and what do you think you can do to fix it so that we can have an action plan going forward. So that was the framework I used when I sat down with her. Explain what the problem is, show her the facts to back it up, and then ask her to start coming up with a way to solve the problem, an action plan. Because if the employee doesn't contribute to the solution, the chances of them being bought into that solution are much lower. So we want the employee to participate in that conversation. I laid out the facts and she did not dispute them. It's hard for people to dispute facts, especially when they're on paper and they're legitimate. This is one way you keep emotions in a conversation like this to a minimum, right? Because this very easily could have been a contentious conversation. It very easily could have been a tough conversation, but it wasn't because there were facts to show what was going on. And she looked at it and she said, you are correct. Now, not everybody will accept facts on the face value, but in this case, she did. She said, you are correct. I am late a lot and I do call out a lot. I said, okay, great. Now that we have that established, do you understand the expectations of your employer? So that was step number two, right? Identify and show the problem. Identify and show the inner performance. Then the next step is reestablishing expectations. Do you understand the expectations that you have that are set upon you? Do you understand the expectations that your employer has? The expectations are you will get to work on time and the expectations are that you will show up for work. Those are the expectations that the employer has for you in order to keep your job. So we reviewed the expectations and she acknowledged that she understood the expectations. And what I also do during this part is I ask the person to explain back to me the expectations. I want to make sure they heard and digested what is being said. So at that point, I said, great. Now tell me what those expectations are. And I had had her articulate them back to me. She had to be able to communicate back to me. I had to have the confidence that she understood and comprehended what those expectations were. And you can use this for any conversation. Having somebody reaffirm what they've heard is a great way to make sure that you guys are on the same page. So once we reset the expectations, then we went to the next step, which was discussing an action plan. And this is where I give the person a chance to give their side of the story, right? This is not a one-sided conversation. 
I asked her, I said, what's going on in your world that's causing you so much trouble getting to work on time and causing you to, to call out so much? I mean, look, at the end of the day, each and every one of us have personal things going on in our lives, all of us, myself included. And it's important for us to remember when we're having these conversations to remain human about the conversation, to remain empathetic, to listen to their side, what's going on. Is something happening in your world that's causing this? Because there's a difference between an employee who's just lazy and can't set an alarm to get out of bed to get to work on time versus an employee who is maybe a single parent or they're dealing with an aging parent, they're taking care of an aging parent, or they're having car trouble. There is a difference in that person. And we need to be able to identify those differences and distinguish them and not throw everybody into the same bucket when it comes to these underperformance issues. So I asked her, what's going on in your world? She explained to me, she's been without a car for six months and she has been saving to get a used car. So that's, that's, you know, part of her plan. She had been getting a ride to work. She lives approximately 20 miles from work roughly. And so she'd been getting a ride, but then that ride was no longer able to keep bringing her to work. So she lost her ride to work. So she's had to start taking the bus. Well, if you know anything about Los Angeles, there is no direct bus route anywhere in LA city or LA County. So even though she's only about 15 or 20 miles from her, from her employer, it is three bus transfers for her to get from her home to her employer. The reason she's been late so much and the reason she's missed so much work, there's two reasons for it. Number one, late to work is because she's taking the bus and the transfers have been a problem. And number two, she is taking care of her father and that has caused her to have to call out a little bit more because things have come up with his health care, et cetera. Once I understood that, then we go into the next part of the conversation, which is, okay, now that we know what's impacting your ability to get to work on time and your ability to be consistent to get to work, how do we solve that? In terms of getting to work on time, we took a look at the bus schedule, took a look at the transfers, the routing, and we decided that moving her start time to 8.30 was going to solve the problem. Because of the way the bus transfers were set up and everything else, just that half hour difference in her start time is going to help her be to work on time. So we made that change and already this week she has been to work on time every single time that she's come to work. So that simple tweak of giving her a different schedule fixed the problem. Now, in terms of her having to take care of her father, her ailing father, and calling out sick to take care of him, that's a whole different issue that is not as easily solvable. But what we are looking at is ways to get her tapped into LA County healthcare, uh, home healthcare. There's resources out there that she wasn't aware of. So we are starting to provide her with some of those contacts with the LA County Department of Human Health Services so that she may be able to get some in-home healthcare support for him, which will then alleviate some of that burden off of her. So ultimately, we should be able to help her solve her excessive tardy or her excessive absences issue this year if we're able to get her some home healthcare solutions through the county. What could have very well been a very contentious conversation, if, it had, if I had gone into this conversation being very one-sided and only going after the facts of you're late all the time, here's all your dates that you're late, you've got excessive absences, right? Here's all the dates that, that you have just you know, missed work well beyond sick leave. This has to stop. You're getting written up. Fix it. End of conversation. She would have left that conversation feeling very dejected, demoralized, frustrated, 
it would not have been good for her and it would not have been good for the business because she would have gone back to her job with a very low feeling of morale and probably starting to not care about her job versus having a conversation where we still, one, lay out the facts of the underperformance, we reset the expectations, and we work to find a solution. Now she left that meeting feeling very positive that the employer cared about her well-being, the employer cared about her situation, she got a few things off her chest, but she also knows that she has to fix the problem. She also knows that she has to focus and make sure she gets to work on time with her new schedule and that she has to find a solution to help with the home healthcare situation. So it was a balanced conversation where now both the employer and the employee should benefit from this and the problem should be resolved in a short matter of time. The whole point of the reason why I've I've decided to tell you this story today is because everything when it comes to your employees' lives is not black and white. We all have stuff going on. So when there is underperformance, it doesn't mean you have to tolerate it. It doesn't mean that you have to stand by and let it happen. You have every right as an employer to sit down with that employee, lay out your fact-based case of why the underperformance is what you're seeing, how it's impacting the business, reset the expectations. And then find out, you know, how do we fix this? And if you determine as the employer that it's just that they're getting to work because they're lazy, that's a different issue. You can't fix that. And you may end up having to fire them. But if it's because they don't have a car and they're working to get a car and they're taking care of an aging parent, well, then you can take a step back, still set your expectations, but work to find a solution that works for both you and the employee. So, This is how you build a culture that is healthy. This is how you keep employees. This is how you build retention. These are the things you do to foster a high-performing team. All right. Well, that wraps up my my rant for today. I hope you got something out of it. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, I do have a request of you. Subscribe to the podcast so you stay updated. We do uh, publish an episode every single week. Second, take a moment to review the Give us a review. I do read all the feedback. I read the comments and and feel free to share your thoughts on this episode. And if you've got a topic that you'd like us to cover, by all means, there in the show notes, there is a link to a Google form and it's for Friday FAQs. If you have a topic or a question, drop your question in there and I'll be happy to answer it on a podcast. All right. This concludes this week's episode. Make it a fantastic week. And we look forward to having you again with us next week on the Entrepreneur to Employer podcast.